Why didn't the man buy the wig? I don't know. Why? He refused to pay. <laughs> it's manners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. Extraordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. And hello, Internet. Sorry, everybody, that this episode was late. Uh, I got very sick last week. Not very sick. I got a little sick. I had some tummy sickness last tummy week. Tummy troubles. And we actually tried to record this last week. Oh, but poor, poor, poor Travis. I, I apparently was not bringing the heat. I was not, I had no energy, it seems. It looked almost like you might fall asleep at any moment. And here's the sad part. <laughs> I thought I was bringing it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull it together. I'm going to do this. And you know it's bad when Teresa has to say, like, you're barely talking. And I'm like, I'm barely talking? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So here we are back again. Back in the saddle, as they say. Who, they say? Cowboys. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we're talking this week. Well, we're going to do two episodes, right? So you're going to get an episode. This is last week's episode today. Mm-hmm. About wigs. Wigs. And then you'll get another episode on Friday. What's that one going to be about? I don't know. Okay. It'll be about something cool. <laughs> It'll be about something good. So we're talking about wigs. Yes, wigs. we are. Um, so first of all, I would like to say we have theatrical experience uh-huh. with wigs, being around wigs, but um, I would like to recommend the documentary Good Hair by Chris Rock uh, because it's a it's a movie about hair culture in the black community in which wigs and weaves are a big part of mm-hmm. um, and not within the realm of our experience. So I am going to leave that to him. Uh, to talk about, and we will talk about more like ancient history stuff. Yeah, the history of wigs. Um, speaking of theater, though, yes, I do want to ask. Uh huh. What is your theatrical wig experience? Because I will say, just to cut you off at the past for a question I just asked. Uh huh. I have very little. I I have. Well, uh, but you learned a little bit about. Oh yeah, wigs, no, right? hey, well, yeah, all, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in shows. I've never, uh, I, I, I have not worn wigs. Or I, even pieces or anything. No. Oh. Well, I have very beautiful hair, you, you see. You do, it's true. And, so, and a very large head. Okay. I was going to talk about how great my hair is, and you just wanted to sweep in and keep me humble, huh? Your hair is great. Yeah, but. All over your head. My giant head. I heard the pause <laughs> in there. You edited yourself mid-sense all over your head. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm very confident and I'm very sure of myself. And yes, I have a large head. It's where I keep my giant brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really been wigged all that much. Most of the time, if I do like a Shakespeare or something like that, I, I, I'm I trying to remember if I've ever been in one set in a classical setting. I get cast in a lot of modernized uh, like settings and stuff like that. Um, there was one show I played The Grown Up. And oh. Alexander and the not, 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 Alexander, who's not, 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 not going to move. I think that's the right amount of knots. But it's a sequel to Alexander and the No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Day. 
And so basically it was like a children's theater show that I was in when I was like 20 and I played all the grownups. Mm -hmm. So like everybody's dad, you know, and so in one scene I played somebody's dad and the kid that they cast had red hair. So they gave me a, a wig and it was the most like neon carrot orange oh it was disgusting and it was also like wiry and jutted out oh boy and somewhere there's a picture of me and i'm like wearing a hat talking to alexander and it looks like i'm about to murder him <laughs> like sideshow bob yeah i got this like crazy look in my eye my hair is all sticky outy it's great what about you though um well i also have some pretty nice hair but i do remember having to wear like a super long straight black wig it was like two and a half, maybe three feet long. Wow. Um, and it was impossible to maintain. Uh, I had to put it on halfway through the show, so I didn't get a lot of time for primping. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up buying a large, thin, like, Tupperware in order to just keep it from getting knotted and, mm. and matted. Uh, it was rough. So, the history of wigs. Mm? Hmm. I know that they are forever old. Yes, they are. Uh, let's start where a lot of these things start way back in ancient Egypt. Ah, it was the good times. People, uh, so here's what I know. Okay. And I, I know, folks, you're going, you know this because you recorded a bit of it last time. Okay. But I also knew this anyways. You knew this going in. That uh, in ancient Egypt, basically, uh, everybody shaved their heads mm-hmm. and wore wigs mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, uh, pests, right? Yes. Always a problem with like fleas and stuff. And so if lice. You, lice, Mostly. right. So if you shave your head and put on synthetic hair, that is not as much a problem. Also, heat. It was very hot. Yeah, sunburn was a big thing. So if you shaved your head and you didn't put something back on top of it, you got burned. I also know that they like would wear like these wax like cylinders or cones or something that like were scented. Mm-hmm. And so it would like melt down over your head and smell real good. Yeah, which totally. I always thought was a cool idea and really hard to do if you're not bald. So Right. I mean also I think that the the melting wax on your real hair might might get a little This is sticky. what I'm saying, right? Hard to do. Right. If you got hair under there. Right. Right. So they would do the wigs. And also, the other thing I know uh, is that not just a practical, but a style component, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to look like the, like Pharaoh. Right. Right. And so a wig would then allow a very uniform, like, well, this is the wig the Pharaoh wears and cuts it like this. Mm-hmm. And so- it didn't matter if your hair grew like that or was the same color or whatever. If the cut looked good, you just buy a wig, right, mm-hmm. that matched that. Uh, and they would also do little, like, chin, like, like beard, beards, beard yeah. wigs. Yes. Um, and they could be made of, I mean, depending on your social status, you, they could be made of wool or vegetable fibers or human hair. Mm. But uh, they also probably did some horse hair in there. I probably. I there was some animal hair in there. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And so... It became a very popular way to kind of flash your social status. Oh, yeah. Um, you put could some, put like gold beads in there mm-hmm, or braids or, I mean, animal rings, bones. Anything you wanted, I guess. Jelly beans. And other ancient cultures. What? Jelly beans. I was just seeing if you were noticing. Okay. We're still, okay. We're still paying attention. Okay. <laughs> okay. Other ancient cultures uh, had a similar love. So the Syrians, the uh, Venetians. Jews, Greeks, Romans, a lot Everybody. of people used wigs in everyday life. Once again, they're practical, right? And 
this is what I'll say. I like growing, uh, I've been growing my hair out now for many months. Uh, Yes. I think the last actual haircut I got was October. Um, And I also like to like dye my hair different Mm -hmm. colors now. And it would be way more practical now that I'm thinking about it to just have wigs of different colors and shades and lengths and yeah, Just and not... it would be a little better for your hair. I mean, bleaching takes a lot of of you know, to- toil, toll, toll. Is that it? Yeah, it takes a toll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that an idiom? No, I mean, no? I guess, but like, takes its toll. Like toll collector. Yeah, that's okay. Pretty, that's pretty obvious. That's one. pretty obvious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wigs are practical and magical. <laughs> Uh, so Roman wigs, I'd like to do a little a little talk about. Um, we actually don't have a lot of them, but we know that people wore them because of mosaics and statues and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and YouTube videos. What? No. All of the okay. Still paying attention. Okay, got. They're trying to sneak it in. How many times are you going to do that? Well, just sometimes I make bad jokes, and even as I say it, I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because of the humidity in Italy really just destroys it. It would just rot it, right? Right. Yeah. And so all genders wore wigs, uh, whether or not they were bald. Right. So wealthy Roman women, for example, very often wore elaborate headpieces that uh, kind of like increased the volume and look of their natural hair. That's a thing in like French uh, restoration too, right? Absolutely. How big can we get them? Mm -hmm. How big is the wig? But birds in there. We'll, not, we'll talk about we'll it talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, and so this was something, again, to show how cool and wealthy you were. Right. Uh, the, the higher the hair, the closer to the gods. Sure, sure, sure. But I also, I think, uh, because one, right, of course, you're showing status because you can afford these wigs, right, mm-hmm. for these things. But another thing, too, you're showing is that you have, like, the time to style them and the time to, or people to, right? right? And so you're showing not just money as a resource, but leisure. It's, it's much like tanning. Why tanning goes in and out of vogue, right? Uh-huh. Where mm-hmm. it's just like the leisure. It, so just quick no- side note. I think we've talked about tanning before. We but have. Uh, in case we haven't. Uh, it used no, to we be, have. Okay. It used to be that, you know, it's, the fluctuation is, well, if someone has to work outside, right, they don't have wealth and resources. So if you're inside, it's pale, right? And then leisure became about sitting by the beach and sitting by the pool, right? So then tan was in. And then it just keeps going back and right. forth. Right. As, okay. as the work moved into factories, the uh, the leisure class moved outside. Right. And, and vice versa, vice versa. Um, and so... Here is a very interesting thing. In Asia, specifically, uh, China and Japan, wigs weren't really worn as much as in other places. They were very specific to the situation. And usually that situation was theater. Yep. Theater. The natural home of the league. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's going to catch on. No, I don't think so. That's that's what we call. Oh, we're reopening Broadway, the great wig house, as they call it. <laughs> ah, those fine wig palaces. All right. We shall trod the board, my wig friends. So uh, there's actually a museum called the Kyoto Hair Museum, which is devoted to these historic Japanese wigs. And there's 115 examples of wigs on display, all the way from ancient to modern styles. Cool, dude. Um, And, you know, we could keep going 
around the world. And we will next. (laughs) No, I think that's enough examples of antiquity. Okay. Uh, But what I would like to talk about next is how wigs factor into the great Christian rebrand. Oh, I can't wait. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? All right. Manners is sponsored in part this week by DoorDash. DoorDash? Tell me more, Dash. (laughs) Sure, Dash. Oh. 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 Okay. I often need things. Really? Most of those things are food. Uh Uh-huh. Correct. And DoorDash connects me with the restaurants I love right now, right to me. And I can get grocery store essentials. What? Uh, I can get drinks and snacks and other household items delivered under an hour. We love DoorDash because it always seems that we either are out of diapers or out of wipes. Correct. And also bread. Bread, yeah. So we, we go, go through, through bread. bread. This is a toast house. Mm-hmm. This house enjoys toast. We sure do. And so we can get diapers wipes, and bread, all delivered, and they can be safely left outside our door with contactless delivery drop-off. So for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off with zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD. So that's 25% off, up to a $10 value. Zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD. Subject to change and there are terms that apply. We're also supported in part this week by Ruby Coffee. Ruby Coffee Roasters is a small coffee roasting company based in central Wisconsin, specifically Nelsonville, Wisconsin, population 191. Ooh. Yes, and Ruby Coffee has the goal of making quality coffee approachable to all. And so they do. Do you think that maybe a quarter of the people in that town work at Ruby Coffee? All of them do. All of them do. Even the babies. <laughs> so Ruby's coffee lineup is designed around complex, dynamic coffees while making sure that our roasting profiles make these coffees easy to brew and enjoy. And I really do enjoy them. Uh, We got a couple to sample, and I enjoyed just the heck out of them. And here's what I really like. Not just uh, their coffee beans, which I enjoy, but they also have, like, steepable coffee. So, like, tea, but coffee. But coffee. So, it's like coffee in tea bags, right, Mm -hmm. that you steep in the water. Boom. Because this happens a lot, right? We got we got kids, right? And sometimes one of us is up early than the other one. We don't feel like grinding and waking the other one up and making a whole pot of coffee. Or I need an afternoon pick-me-up. Exactly. <laughs> so we just make one cup with the steepable tea bag. It's incredible. It's incredible. You got to see it to believe it. It's actually not that hard to believe. It's steeped coffee, but it's great. And you can go to rubycoffeeroasters.com. That's R-U-B-Y, coffeeroasters.com, and use code SCHMANNERS to get 20% off your first shipment of any subscription or 15% off of a one-time coffee purchase. One more time, rubycoffeeroasters.com, and use that code SCHMANNERS to get 20% off your first shipment of any subscription or 15% off of a one-time coffee purchase. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. 
break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. (laughs) Okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian Mario. (laughs) And of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to get to heaven, sometimes you gotta raise a little hell. (laughs) That's the tagline! Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Teresa, you were about to tell us about wigs and how they relate to the great Christian rebrand. Yes. Um, So by the Middle Ages, wigs were far less common. Couple reasons. First one, everybody's very poor. Yeah. Uh, Second reason, everybody's very sick. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the Black Death and stuff. Yeah. Uh, And third reason, the church said, "Mm, Too ostentatious. That looks like vanity to me. Yes. No, no. We we are not vain for uh, perfection. We mustn't (laughs) appreciate ourselves. God wouldn't want that. Right. God wants us to be sad. No, that's... Mm. I mean... Basically, the uh, church at that point was like the opposite of influencers on Instagram, right? Where it was just like, don't live, don't laugh, don't love. (laughs) But it's okay. There weren't a lot of those signs because hardly anybody could read. And they also couldn't live. There's a lot like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So women in particular still had to cover their heads, which was part of of the whole church thing. But at this time period... Modesty over vanity, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, But at this time period, things like kerchiefs and bonnets and wimples and and things like... A wimple? Right. Tell me of a wimple. What is a wimple? Uh, I believe a wimple is a head covering that also comes down over the neck. Hmm. A wimple. Okay. Anyway. Fun to say. Say it at home right now. Say it with me. <laughs> Three, two, one. Wimple. Wasn't that fun, folks? A little interactive fun in the middle of the show. Okay, go on. <laughs> All right. But you said I needed to bring more energy. You, I, I I'm bringing did. the energy to the show, Teresa. And This I is why you pay me. This is why you pay me to be your husband. <laughs> okay. Now let's go to the Renaissance where wigs are back. Yay. Yeah. Everything fun and frivolous is back in the Renaissance. I think there's also some like learning stuff in there too. Some learning. But mostly frippery. Again, uh the frippery may have may have caused a few problems. Uh head lice mm. was still a big problem and it was more hygienic to shave your natural hair and opt for a hair piece that could be more easily deloused. Yep. <laughs> Um, fur hoods were also very popular at the time, and royals began to incorporate wigs back into their noble fashion. Okay. Who yeah. can you think of? Queen Elizabeth. Ah, that's it. That's yep. it. That Immediately red, pictured. She wore a, a bright red, tightly curled Roman-style wig, and it became iconic. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And because this is considered the Enlightenment, right, um... A lot of people took that uh, very personally, and women were uh, allowed to wear their hair again, and they loved to wear it. They put all kinds of stuff in it. Is uh, this when they was putting birds in there? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Almost. Um, but there were things like jewels and veils and shells 
and you know, fun, fun, smaller adornments. We okay. were not not quite up to it. Um, that would take into the 17th century. Okay. Nobody loved wigs more than the French. I yeah I I could have told you that. Right, I already know that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, and so the court of all the Louis, uh, Louis the Twelfth, Louis the Fourteenth, Revenge of Louis. <laughs> they all loved periwigs, is what they were called. So periwigs. Yeah. Um, it was this kind of like, you know, it was almost like that mullet mullet style business in the front party in the back it could be very very long Uh worn down the back and pieces uh next onto the shoulders okay right um and it seems that like in paris one of the the central locations of uh french culture Uh uh, wig makers jumped from 200 in 1673 to 835 in 1765. That's a lot more wig makers. Sure is. It's a ton more um, in uh, in about 100 years, right? Uh-huh. Um, and there was great demand. So if you were part of the lower echelon of society, you probably would have a horsehair or a goat hair wig. But if you also wanted to do your duty... To your king, you gave him your hair. Yeah. Isn't that in uh, Les Mis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fontaine sells her hair. She does. And in, uh, what's that, uh, the gift of the Magi? Oh, yeah. That story. So she sells her hair to buy him a, a watch chain. Chain. And, and he, he sells his watch to buy her a comb. Yeah. Except her hair will grow back and his watch will not. <laughs> That's rarely talked about in that story. My brothers and I have talked about this before. Not great, oh, Henry. Could have made a, her hair will grow back. Okay. All right. Also, so, now she's got a fun pixie cut. Come on, oh, Henry. Okay, sorry. He doesn't know what time it is. He's going to be late for everything. The Sun King, his high style, made him a fashion icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, his mistress even started a wig trend by wearing her hair in a signature look called the Fontaine. Uh, where the you did fr- that very well. Thank you. The front of her hair was worn curled and piled high above the forehead and sometimes supported by a wire frame. So like a fountain. Yeah. That's why, okay. A little bit, yes. Um, and legend has it that the mistress once lost her cap while hunting with the king, and the marquis tried to tie her hair up using a ribbon, and they both loved it so much that everybody in court uh, began doing it, and they wanted to mimic it, and it spread throughout Europe. Okay. This is when... Things like ribbon and lace and trimming and and animals and birds yes. and all that kind of stuff. It became like wigs. an arms race of wigs, right? So Indeed. you would go to a party and it was like, oh, did you see that? She put like uh, a, you know, a b- bouquet of flowers in her hair. So then the next time you would go and be like, I have a bouquet of flowers and uh, it's a little park bench with a little street lamp next to it or whatever, right? And eventually it got to the point where it was like live birds. They would make their wigs in uh, like the shape of a cage, mm-hmm. right? And then there would be like live birds in there. And so as you can imagine, it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
not everyone wore live animals. You know, in their sometimes hair. people would sleep sitting up, right? They would like have special chairs that they could have these uh, very elaborately done wigs, right? Mm-hmm. And because it was really hard to attach them to your hair, right? It would take it was a huge process, and so they would just like sleep sitting up with kind of a box around it, so that it wouldn't mess up the wig. Right. Okay. Uh, not all of them featured animals. One in particular featured a very detailed uh, depiction of a naval battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so complete with a miniature ship and masts and rigging and gun sailing. And, you know, if you, if you can't imagine it, please do Google. Yeah. Very uh, bougie. So bougie. Yes. Um, and during the 18th century. To the point century, where I would actually say, if I saw that, my first thought would be bougie. But then it's so bougie that it's like, well, I, I bet I can't be mad at it. The amount of work and discomfort you must be in, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. must be massive. Uh, during the 18th century, this is when everything comes to a height <laughs> with the tallest wigs. Um, and from then on, it starts to go back down. Is this why people wore like ruffs and stuff to help support their neck? Is no. That, no. No, ruffs are not about supporting the neck. Okay. Not even a little bit? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. Okay. Um, and so these symbols of wealth hoarding, basically, yep. right? Because you want to show off how much money you have. Because uh, you in have your hair. so much money that you can like put life animals in your hair. It's ridiculous. It is literally like that. Like I got so much money, I don't know what to do with it. So I put a bird in my hair. Right? It's ridiculous. Right. Uh, and these were these were quickly uh, chopped from the heads mm-hmm. of the elite. During Listen, the French Re- Revolution. I'm not saying that I condone the beheading of people. I'm just saying that I can kind of understand the motivation when you're starving and you look over and hear somebody with a live bird in their hair and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, you couldn't have thrown some of that my way. Come on. Right. I get it. Uh, and things followed suit across the pond as well in the colonies. Um, And so gentlemen who would closely follow the fashions of London and Paris, uh, they got rid of- Chopped their own heads off. (laughs) No. No, sorry. Uh, They did find that they were able to tell you where your loyalties lie by the wig you wear (gasps) or lack of wig, right? So this is where Tory gets some wigs. A little bit, yeah. Um, and so it started out as kind of like you could see who who was on your team, shirts and skins yeah. style. Uh, but then wigs came back a little bit for very formal occasions. Right, right. Wigs come back for the middle class, especially in a big way in the Victorian era. Oh, yeah. Although these wigs were supposed to look very natural because the no makeup makeup look that yeah. Queen Victoria loved. Right, right, right. It was the same thing with wigs, right? So you could have like extensions and pieces and stuff, but they were usually made from human hair and they were disguised to look part of your head, not like a showy wig. Now, I have seen you do this before. You have mm-hmm. a, a couple of things that like, Add length or whatever, mm-hmm. be, mostly for your uh, like vintage yeah. hairstyle things. I f- I find them mind boggling <laughs> because I know it's like a wig piece. I know, but it looks so good, well, and you do a very good job with technology it. these days. I'm just saying that when somebody does this very well, 
and you can't like it's i think it's magic right that's the idea it should look like magic (sighs) but here comes wig's mortal enemy Doctor Parnass. No. <laughs> in the 1920s, what hairstyle was introduced? The bob. The bob. So, are you proud of me? Yeah, you not I am. Okay. Great job. Uh, I wh- could have made a joke and said the Rachel, right? But I. <laughs> Did you think of that at the time? Or no, I actually, just yeah. thought of it. Yeah. Or I would have said the Rachel. So women started getting their hair cut very short and often at men's barbershops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were there were many, many styles, but it did pretty much dictate that it was your hair. Yeah. Um, the the wig the wig makers, the wig wanters threw their wigs away. <laughs> yeah. When the bob came to town, there are things called the Egyptian bob, the Charleston bob, the orchid bob, the, the Robert bob. bob. No. Oh. Maybe, but no. No. Okay. Um, and so, uh, w- w- let's do an episode later about the bob. It's okay. Pretty good. Okay. Um, slowly during the latter half of the 20th century wigs came back thanks in part to celebrities ah. who can you think of who share yes and maybe madonna Ma- dolly parton is oh. famous i didn't even let you finish your, i didn't let you finish your question that probably would have helped me probably would okay. have yeah mm-hmm. i'm just trying to impress you i'm, I'm just trying to get the answers right i'm always impressed oh good uh, By my giant head, <laughs> I haven't forgotten, and I never yes, it's will. It's impressively big. Well, thanks. Yeah, you're okay. welcome. Um, so wigs started to become a fashionable and fun accessory. Uh, I mean, Lady Gaga herself says she has over five thousand wigs, and modern technology has made it easy to find chic synthetic wigs that anyone can afford and use. Uh, and wig makers are constantly thinking up new ways to make them look more and more natural or more and more exciting and different and all kinds of stuff. Can I, off the top of my head, do some common sense wig etiquette? Sure. Okay. We got some questions, but not a lot. Okay. And so uh, this is just the top of my head advice. One, people asked in the questions about like complimenting a wig, right? Mm-hmm. I recommend just say, your hair looks great, right? Or I love your hair. And if they want to say, thanks, it's a wig, right? That's cool, right? That's on them. But you don't know who cares, like, one way or the other about it being recognized as a wig, Mm -hmm. right? There may be some people who, like, it's a wig and they're fine with that. And some people who don't want you to know it's a wig. And so just say, I love your hair. Your hair looks great if you want to do that. Right, because you like it. I bought it. Right. Right? Because it's mine because I bought it. Right. Don't touch people's wigs. No, don't touch don't, people's hair. Don't touch people without permission <laughs> in general. <laughs> right? But like just because it is a wig, this is just like cosplay. This is just like any kind of outfit that it is. Uh, I can see why sometimes if we are not thinking and have impulse control like issues, like maybe I do, where you see something like that and you think, well, it's a costume, it's not real, it's fake, right? So it's it's somehow not the same. But it's still but on it their body. Yes, it is on the person's person. So we don't touch people without permission. I used to have very long hair. And one time, I, it was in high school, 
I was at the local Mickey D's Mm -hmm. in line waiting for my probably soda and fries. And a person behind me started like petting my long hair. Nope. And I was like, this is is not okay. So I did that slick little move where you like pull it back around over your shoulder to the front. There would have been a Travis shaped hole in the wall if that happened to me. Oh, I'm out. Uh, Let me think. I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, You know, be cool. (laughs) Don't be weird about it. Here's a couple. Um, You probably will want to uh, style your wig. Wearing it straight out of the package isn't really doing anybody any favors. Yeah, it's not. you're not going to get the most bang for your buck that way. Right. Um, there are lots of, you know, adept hairstylists that can style the wig, or you. C- there are lots of YouTube tutorials you can take a look at and, and, you know, make it your own, make it look good. Also have some storage solutions in mind mm-hmm. when you buy it. There's some really, uh, like, uh, creative ways. There's one that's like... Um, just like kind of a plastic hook thing, yeah. right? That like has the ball on one end that you can hang it, uh, hang the wig from, and then the like hook that you just like hook onto any kind of rack. Right? Yes, I would recommend uh, not boxing up your wigs. Uh, that usually makes them kind of flat. But if you can find a way to keep the the cap of the wig kind of rounded like that, like you talked about, that's really the best idea. Also. Uh, make sure that, you know, you brush her every once in a while. Uh, the wig fibers, uh, like hair, can shed um, with wear. So brush it out before you wear it, fluff it up, put it on, and uh, and try not to touch it and pull at it and things like that. And look out for open flames. That's true of real hair. That's true of clothing, I guess. Of course. Don't, don't let your wig catch on fire, I guess. is <laughs> a good piece of it. That's good etiquette. Um, if you are shopping for a wig, please bring your own wig cap if you are planning on trying on wigs uh, because it's That's not... something to wear over your hair, right? Yeah. To put the wig on. Okay. Right. It's not really very hygienic. Uh, to try on a bunch of wigs on top of your your skin, the oils can can uh, start to deteriorate the wig. Also, if you have chemicals on your hair, like you know bleaching or uh, or things like that. Lice. Sure, yeah, yeah. You want to make sure you keep uh, everything with you that you brought in. Um, and if you are looking to get a wig, one of the great ways to do it is to find just like a haircut find a picture of a wig that you like right and you'll be able to either get a current wig styled like that or hopefully you can find one that that pretty much looks great and feels great and feels great and makes you feel great and you know what it feels great recording this episode with you oh feels great too i want i want to talk about one more thing okay um if you are interested in growing and donating your own hair so other people can have wigs, uh, you should really do your research. There are lots of places to donate hair, some of which um, charge patients, say, if you have uh, hair loss due to chemotherapy, for example, um, some give them away. So 
make sure that when you go to donate your hair before you send it in, you know where it's going and if that aligns with uh, your hopes for your hair. You should also make sure you look into uh, like what what kind of hair they accept. Right, because a lot of places uh, will not accept like dyed or treated or anything like that hair. And if you are looking for a human hair wig, I also suggest that you research where that hair came from. Yes. So that you can make a a choice that aligns with your morals ethically as well. Yes, make the ethical choice. Uh, Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Shamanners. (laughs) We really appreciate you. We appreciate you being here. Uh, And we appreciate you telling people about this episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this one. I think maybe you had a lot of fun listening to it. And if you did, consider going on social media and tweeting about this episode or telling your friends about it. Send the link directly to somebody and say like, hey, I thought you would like this. And then send it to 19 more people. That would be great. Uh, and uh, go check out all the other amazing McElroy shows at McElroy.family. Check out all the other Max Fun shows at MaximumFun.org. You can go check out the McElroy merch at McElroyMerch.com. There's a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentalfloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We also thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That is at Schmanner's Cast. That's where we get all of our questions for our, those episodes. And uh, we'd also like to thank Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanner's Fanners. So go and join that Facebook group if you love Kit to give and get excellent advice. Also, we are always grateful to our researcher, writer, Alex, and she reads every single email that's sent to schmannerscast at gmail.com. We're always looking for topic suggestions. We're looking for idiom uh, submissions. And uh, if you just want to, you know, write to Alex and say, hey, that's fine, too. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, creator of the Max Fun scripted sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble. We just released a special episode of Bubble to celebrate the launch of our new graphic novel. At SF Sketchfest in 2019, we recorded a live show with Allison Becker, Eliza Skinner, Mike Mitchell, Christella Alonzo, and special guests Gene Gray, Jonathan Colton, Jesse Thorne, Nick Weiger, and a bunch of other cool folks. We suspect he'll show signs of mutation when in a state of excitement. Now, Annie matched with him on Tinder, so she's going to act as the honeypot. I do enjoy being called a honeypot. Hey, you know what's better than honey? Gravy. (gasps) Oh, yeah, can I be the gravy sack? Out now on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get podcasts. And pick up the graphic novel at your local bookstore today. (laughs) 